I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Bionic. And uh, we're back for another week. And you've got an incredible guest. You're going to be uh, doing the interviewing this week, correct? Yes. Uh, I kind of take the reins here this week. We're going to have uh, our good buddy Chris Vanover in. And uh, uh, also, of course, Dr. Future. Um, what's going on is Dr. Future gave an interesting little talk up in Montreal, and he's going to be filling uh, the audience in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be in the guest chair this time. You are talking about this trip. It's uh, cushier than the uh, it's cushier than the than the host chair. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. It stinks <laughs> to be you, uh, particularly when you have crummy guests. And I don't mean about <laughs> Pastor Chris. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, the invitation I had to speak mm-hmm. in front of a, a group on religion and spirituality uh, that uh, Dr. John Rosner has been a prior guest on our show called. Yeah. It was a tremendous opportunity, and I think people are going to find it fascinating to hear what we talk about. Yeah. So uh, that's what we're going to talk about, and you're going to get a chance to interview myself and uh, Pastor Chris Vanover. Well, uh, I was looking forward to it. You guys were great uh, as interview interviewees, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, that's how you would pronounce that, you interviewees. Um, and uh, I think the audience should be ple- pleasantly surprised. So with no further ado, let's go on to the interview. Let's roll. And then we'll be right back at the end after this segment of the interview on Future Quick. Well, good afternoon, uh, fellow Futurians. Today on Future Quake, we've got a voice you're probably familiar with hearing, as well as one that hasn't been on the show, but has been a longtime friend of ours. Uh, respectively, that's our very own Dr. Future, a, covered, a, a company, excuse me, accompanied with our good buddy Chris Vanover, who's a, uh, a pastor over at Calvary Chapel Rivergate. Dr. Future was actually asked to speak in an organization that some of our longtime listeners might remember, uh, an organization called the IIHS. Um, Dr. Future, Chris, can you give us some background on your initial invitation and how this all came about? By the way, it's just an honor and a privilege to be on this very esteemed show. Oh, I, I know. can't it's believe like, I had the good fortune like to a, be on uh, here. You know, Charlie Rose or something like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, this is a career maker on here, and I just think this is great. <laughs> Actually, ladies and gentlemen, I think uh, what... Uh, Pastor Chris and I had to share with you is going to be very, very interesting to our listeners. And, and I want to thank you, Tom, for uh, taking the lead here with us on it. Um, if I can just give you a heads up to what you asked me about yeah. the invite. You know, I can't remember exactly when I first found out about this organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the official name of it is the International Institute of Integral Human Sciences. Which we found out about uh, doing the show with Dr. John Rosner. As I recall, right? Well, actually, sometime before that, I stumbled oh, really? across it, and, and as I was saying, I can't quite remember how I came across the organization, but mm-hmm. I must have linked it, and one day, going through some links, I said, oh, this is interesting. Hmm. He started reading further, and I thought, boy, this would make an interesting topic for a future quick show, mm-hmm. and was finally able to arrange it in December of last year, I believe it was mid-December of 2007, 
we had uh, Dr. John Rosner, who's an Anglican minister and head of this organization in mm-hmm. Montreal, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a full-length show uh, with his presence there, talking a lot about um, the very advanced activities that their organization is doing under the auspices of the United Nations and the World Council of Churches, mm. who they're affiliated with. And I can explain a little bit more of the details of the organization, maybe after the the intro here but uh uh anyway um we had a very interesting show had a lot of feedback based on what they're doing in in spiritual realms and um it was shortly thereafter i think in january i actually got a call from them from montreal uh, uh making an offer to see if i would like to speak at their 33rd international conference on religion and spirituality and I was really floored. This is a, wow. an organization um, that has very esteemed household name type people that come speak at this mm-hmm. from around the world. And uh, so that provided an opportunity to, uh, of all people, Dr. Future, being invited, representing our show uh, in Future Quake, to uh, f- uh, have a talk related to the topic. And so uh, after some considerable time leading up to the conference just recently in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, preparing a detailed talk uh, for it. Uh, went and had a sort of a, a, a keynote type address and followed by a panel discussion and that's what we'll talk about uh, tonight and then I got the, the gentleman to the right of me uh, who he might want to even just say a few words about himself but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Chris Chris why don't you introduce yourself this was a quite an adventure uh, going up to Montreal and uh, I wanted to take someone with me to experience it and mm-hmm. to make some notes of uh, what they perceived going on because mm-hmm. this was a really a cutting-edge a meeting of people mm-hmm. to find out what was going on internationally in the, in the world of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I took someone who I admired and trusted, I thought a very mature, discerning spirit. And uh, Pastor Chris can share a little bit about uh, yeah. about his uh, corralling and maybe his motives, yeah. why he got Let, involved. Let's hear from Pastor Chris. Thanks, guys. Uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be on the show tonight and also uh, to be able to travel up to Montreal with uh, Dr. Future. Um, of course, you know, just the adventure, you know, a couple of days with one of my good friends on the road, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I was very curious as to what this uh, whole meeting was going to be about and what was going to be represented there, especially when uh, Dr. Future had uh, explained to me uh, a great deal about it. And uh, so we, uh, of course, attended the conference and uh, he did his presentation. And uh, not only were we able to um, listen in on some of the other presentations that were made there and, and kind of uh, just to sort of examine, I guess, what they were doing, but I think the most fruitful uh, thing uh, for me personally was that we were able to interact uh, with the uh, conference attendees mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. for about two and a half days, just in the lobby, in mm-hmm. restaurants, just out, you know, in uh just one-on-one talking with people they would ask us questions we would ask them questions and uh, i think that was probably the best part of the whole thing we'll get into that a little bit later but uh, mm-hmm. i'm glad to be on the show thanks yeah yeah uh so dr future can you give us some background a little more background on the uh the iihs organization sure uh, what exactly who who are they exactly how long they've been around you know what's their stated end goal well first of all let me just say um for any of our listeners there, uh, if you want to get a more complete description of this, go back and listen to our archive show at futurequake.com mm-hmm. with Dr. Rosner. Mm-hmm. And Dr. you can John, hear, it, hear it directly from him, the leader of the organization. Interesting Future Quake factoid. That was, I think, the first show that I did with The you. first Future Quake with Tom Bionic. Yeah, That's amazing. 
Boy, that's just all sorts of synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this organization, <laughs> actually, just to make sure, because it's a very uh, complicated mm-hmm. organization, what you would expect an international group who would be. And I want to make sure I get it factual and correct sure. on it. So I actually took this right off the website. Great. If anybody wants to check it in more detail, just go to iiihs.org. Mm-hmm. And we suggest, I know a few of our listeners have told me they've, they've already been there. Um, what they say at the top, the International Institute of Integral Human uh, Sciences uh, is a non-governmental organization, NGO, which is a common umbrella group mm-hmm. within the UN, affiliated with the United Nations Department of Public Information, promoting educational programs for the 21st century. Uh, they work in many nations toward the convergence of new sciences with spirituality and universal human values, creating interreligious and intercultural understanding for world peace. Uh, for over a quarter century, the IAHS has developed at one time or another and had professional general membership of persons in 26 countries. And uh, just a few other things that they cover in this organization. Uh, they uh, one, one of their goals re- relates to interreligious and intercultural understanding for world peace. Uh, they explore new sciences of consciousness and healing, new paradigms for the convergence of science, spirituality, uh, and humane values in the global village, new insights on the human psyche and spirit. Uh, and uh, this started in 1975 uh, with a global network of over 300 fellows, which is sort of an advanced position within this group, including distinguished scientists and spiritual leaders from many faiths and lands, including medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, natural scientists and scholars in the humanities and arts, as well as clergy and educators. It's led by Dr. John Rosner, an Anglican priest. I am professor of comparative religion. Uh, a couple other things I get into is the integration of new sciences of consciousness and healing into uh, planetary educational systems for the 21st century, uh, a global family east and west with a noble objective. Uh, they serve over 10,000 general members and wow. students from all walk of life. And that's just the people, I think each of those people, as I understand, have their own groups in different local regions. So that, that 10,000 is just... The people directly connected I'm surprised that serve how, other chapters. How big this organization is. It's extremely got. big, and what what I find amazing is I, I don't meet anyone else who's generally familiar with with yeah. the group itself. Yeah. Um, just a few other quick things uh, that I thought our listeners might find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, are look at the common bond of universal human experiences in psyche, spirit, and transformation. Um, and they say that the world's scientific and religious communities urgently need to be brought together to focus on the upliftment of the quality of human consciousness and universal values. Uh, organized religion is half of the cultural equation with organized science to further the elevation of human consciousness in the global village. And they show on here, uh, like the Dalai Lama has been at their headquarters mm-hmm. and been involved, and mm-hmm. there's pictures with Pope John Paul. Um, just a few other quick things I thought that... Uh, it might be interesting related to the group. Um, one, of, one of the more provocative uh, areas that they are doing is, is a new religious order. A new religious it's order. It's a new religious order you can be ordained in called the Order of the Transfiguration. Hmm. Their slogan is the new monastics for a new humanity in a new world. And uh, it's a new type of ecumenical Christian religious order with interfaith perspectives. And I believe that means outside Christian faith. Uh, dedicated to education, research, and humanitarian service, related to psychophysical integration and psychospiritual awareness. And it says here, just to clarify uh, its role, it's a new ecumenical order with links to the United Nations and World Council of Churches. 
The Order of the Transfiguration is an ecumenical religious uh, group in the uh, Catholic uh, Christian tradition uh, affiliated with the International Community of, uh, Council of Community Churches, which is part of the National Council of Churches USA and World Council of Churches. And the corporate status of the Order of the Transfiguration is part of an interface studies division with the IIHS that's affiliated with the United Nations. And there's a whole bunch of information you can check on the website about it. Um, that one of the interesting things it covers is the convergence of human potentials with the mysteries of redemption. Uh, the order believes we must develop an intuitive awareness of multidimensional divine reality. Uh, and uh, it says the order of the transfiguration, I'll just wrap up here, also believes that the modern church cuts itself off from the greatest foundational experiences uh, as follows. Visions, apparitions post-mortem contacts with the dead saints, hmm. invocations of saints and angels, prophecies, healings, the ongoing process of personal revelations of saints and mystics uh, in the history of Christianity and other world religions, ancient and modern, uh, the nature and uses of ritual and sacramentals uh, as effective instruments of the mystery of redemption. So that gives you a little bit about it. Wow. Obviously, I think most listeners would find that very, very interesting. And then in closing, it says that, uh, they're developing a new curriculum uh, for Catholic Christian formation. I think it's Catholic in a more holistic way. Mm-hmm. It says it's a study and integration of such subjects into a new curriculum for a Catholic Christian formation that the Order of the Transfiguration is dedicated as a midwife of a new humanity in a new world order. Interesting. So so if I heard all that correctly, they're, a, they're sort of a, a Christian group that also practices interfaith sort of an interface sort of a theology, uh, including post-mortem contact? Right? Uh, there's, yeah, and, and if you want details, I'd suggest you listen to the show with Dr. Rosner, because I know we've got yeah. a lot of report here, yeah. but okay. but uh, they um, they have a wide reach as far as Ecumenical the scope. Would be and we, we saw that, and yeah, Chris, you want to add yeah, elaborate a little bit? I just want to mention something. I don't know, uh, just to clarify with your listeners, I, I don't know if uh, Christian is a good... Uh, Definition or not, and we'll get well, into that. Oh, a little well, bit I'm, later. I'm only I'm only yeah. using that because right, they did. Right, right. But uh, one other thing I want to point out, I don't mean to interrupt you, no, there, uh, Dr. Future. But uh, when we were at the conference, um, there was a great deal of emphasis on spirituality, religion, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, as uh, we were uh, driving back, uh, we just made a list of the topics that were touched upon, and mm-hmm. it was much wider than spirituality and religion. I mean, industry, commerce, poverty. Agriculture, technology, militarization, uh, sexuality, media, entertainment, diet, uh, ecology, counseling, medicine. Did I leave anything else? I don't think they talked about fashion. No. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but so all these other uh, facets of our society and civilization and culture were addressed or talked about or touched upon during this. So they're interested in a lot more than just uh, mysticism and religion. And their interconnectedness. Yes, 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 and how they relate to uh, the world at large. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and they asked you to speak at this thing, huh? Right, and um, if you'd like to, the, the theme that of the conference uh, for this year, this is the 33rd annual year, mm-hmm. is called Reconnecting Heaven and Earth in Spirit, Space, and the Human Psyche. Mm-hmm. And this was held in Montreal, mm-hmm. Uh, and they say uh, it's a 10-day conference that was just held, pioneering scientists, scholars, and educators, medical doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists, phys- physicists, biologists, sociologists, 
religious and spiritual leaders east and west from many nations and traditions, including writers, artists, musicians, other mm-hmm. gifted souls, including mystics, mediums, healers, and intuitives will gather in Montreal to share their discoveries at the frontiers of knowledge and the new sciences of consciousness and healing that could potentially reconnect the worlds of spirit and space in the human psyche. And the goal of the conference was the toward the co-creation of a better world, uh, exploring models for a new humanity emerging in a transformed earth, contemplating the unfold drama of creative and evolutionary consciousness in the human psyche, uh, from Mother Earth to the planets, the stars, and beyond death. And it says, uh, creating inner peace for achieving outer peace. And uh, the the cover, I'm sure there's a, I, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him about the relationship mm-hmm. of it. There's a like a, a female figure. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a angelic or goddess type figure with an earth in one hand and stars in the other, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that probably has more of an ancient kind of thing mm-hmm. because they they use a lot of symbolism that sort of is a transcendent like uh, the whole IIHS has a phoenix rising out of flames, which is an ancient yeah. symbol as their 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 symbol for the group. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they even have Ezekiel's wheel on here. I recognize Ezekiel's wheel as, as part of it. So it's an intriguing group. But just, just to mention some of the group, uh, there, there were quite a few uh, Native American speakers, mm-hmm. shamans, mm-hmm. Uh, medicine men, uh, lots of philosophers. Um, some people who, if people are listeners to Coast to Coast or things like that, would recognize a lot of the names. We have um, Courtney Brown, who's a remote viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Hertak, who we actually got to hear speak, mm-hmm. is actually quite famous himself. Uh, we had uh, Sean David Morton, who's known as uh, America's Prophet, and he's frequently not only on Coast I to Coast, yeah, but Discovery Channel, and yeah. he's he, he's one of those top guests they have on Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. There were Swamis, there were um, Kabbalists, well represented, uh, there were uh, uh, Sikhs uh, from the Sikh uh, faith of uh, of Islam. Um, and just a whole note, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer was there, who also is a coast-to-coast regular, mm-hmm. talking about the UFO part, which is a big part of the conference. Hmm. We, uh, we Stephen may have to that after a while. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's just a taste. But but the list goes on and on and on in a 10-day conference, uh, in in inter- well represented internationally of uh, people that were at the group. Wow. And so they and Dr. Future and Dr. Future. <laughs> and Dr. Well, Future. that brings me to kind of the next question. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more. Uh, and I think our audience would too about the uh, the substance of your of your lecture. Well, uh, that was interesting because as I heard it explained to me, uh, the, that I recollect the recollection of uh, their elaboration on this whole concept of reconnecting heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I understand it, that their common belief in their circle is that up to now there have been isolated contacts, at least in the modern age, between the the world of the physical uh, human beings and the spiritual world, mm-hmm. and usually that contact. Uh, They've experienced it through mediums or clairvoyance or people who've had contacts on the other side. Mm-hmm. They believe that a golden age is, is coming back again in which the portals are going to open up in mass mm-hmm. to where all of humanity is going to have a massive transformation and have direct contact with the spirit world. Uh, I believe this oh. relates to a prior golden age that they believe where this was more common before and it's mm-hmm. coming back. Uh, there's a subset of the group that sees the the whole reemergence of ET contact as a part of that, mm-hmm. and that they they're more of a panspermia type belief where they believe that they came and seeded uh, Earthlings and are coming back mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. and that sort of dovetails into the whole approach. But that's how I understood it. And so when I was asked to give a talk, and then I I scratched my head on how how do I fit in and add to mm-hmm. those people that were there. So um, I prepared a uh, a talk. Um, 
that was a little bit more focused on the history of spirit contacts, as I understood, in mm-hmm. world history. Mm-hmm. Those who we understand have had an impact on world history. Mm-hmm. And then looked at not only the opportunities, but what are the challenges? What are some of the uh, challenges or hazards, you might say, that comes when these contacts are made? Mm-hmm. A- and then from there... Um, uh, what what are some other views on what what could happen when this reemergence holds? And then from there, I sort of fleshed it down into subtopics. Hmm. Uh, from there, um, if you, I, I wow. can mention it yeah, further. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I, don't stop there. I'm so the, uh, the the historical record. Uh, I went back to ancient Samaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about the uh, first written contacts that mm-hmm. we have in recorded written history of human beings with spirit beings and talked about uh, the common theme I found in my research was this concept of the garden and mm-hmm. that there was a creator God and then there was another elevated entity mm-hmm. that came in that had direct uh, relation with mankind and offered illumination, wisdom and illumination mm-hmm. to mankind and who was at odds with this creator God. And um, what gets interesting is how these these ancient records from Samaria in the mythology that came out of it, the 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 entity that was offering wisdom and illumination was considered a heroic figure, and actually was trying to assist mankind, as opposed to the Creator God who was somewhat resentful of man achieving this godhood of understanding. And that common thread you'll find through mythologies in Egypt and things like this. But it goes back to the story that we know in Western culture with the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who read the Bible mm-hmm. and understand the garden, however, they put a different spin on yeah, the, say, the it's, motives. It's, it's very much like Genesis, but flip flop. Right, the say. Judeo-Christian culture yeah. from Jews and then Christians uh, saw the Creator God as one that was benevolent for mankind, mm-hmm. and that uh, who we would call Lucifer or Satan came in and tempted with something. That, that the Bible shares was actually harmful for mankind and created a fall mm-hmm. and a separation, not only between God and man, between men and women and between all of us with each other. And so uh, I went through a history of various mm-hmm. people. In fact, a number of these people we've talked to on shows. And I want to thank a lot of our guests that are on the show because I used mm-hmm. a lot of their references, people mm-hmm. like Chris Pinto, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Tom Horn, and a whole list of people who I could go on and on whose references I went through to get historical information. And then um, at the beginning of my talk, and, and this comes from my technical background, I actually uh, was very, very upfront with what some of my ground rules and assumptions were in my research. And when it came to actually looking at the spiritual implications mm-hmm. and looking at spiritual references to try to put some of this in context, I was upfront that uh, uh, my, my commitment was to the biblical record. And I explained why. Uh, in, in I tried in an academic form to show why I felt like uh, faith could could be put into the biblical record as, as far as its accuracy, mm-hmm. its authenticity, and ultimately its authority. And so I spent a little time up front to make sure uh, people understood clearly and weren't misled about the direction I was going with things. So so from there, uh, from the historical record, um, and in fact there's a lot of themes that came out, and we can flesh that out later, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I went into... Uh, the biblical record, going again back to the garden and uh, other um, other other stories where we ha- we have contact that occurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, one nice thing about the Bible is it provides commentary. It actually provides us some information on what the significance oh, was, yeah. what was going on behind oh, the yeah. scenes. So I elaborated on that and then went into probably one of the most challenging parts of the talk, which was biblical admonitions. What were the things, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, that the Bible had to say about contacting spirits? Well, I would guess a, I would I would guess that the uh, um, 
Yeah, that that would probably be the most difficult part, especially for a lot yeah. of the at- at- attendees. Because it was um, a, a challenging yeah. message to give. Mm-hmm. And then what I did from there is went on into, um, since the whole theme of the conference is taking this idea forward and what the future holds, and Dr. Future likes to think about there the future. There you go. Uh, I went and talked about what the Bible uh proposes is what's in store for us and i believe that the bible supports this idea Mm -hmm. that uh the heavens and earth are going to come together and open up Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a time of uh, incredible chaos and deception uh there's going to be judgment that's a part of it Mm. uh and the theme that come that came out at the end of my discussion was that while these are exciting times, they're also incredibly challenging to be able to understand mm-hmm. what's going on. And the historical record itself, even beyond the Bible, expresses clearly that you can't trust everything a spirit tells you any more than you can people in your own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have a track record that's been acknowledged of being deceptive, and it requires... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, discernment. It requires reliable records and testimony to be able to verify the veracity of the information that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And that was really a charge that I gave to all the attendees, including myself, mm-hmm. is that we, we tread very, very carefully in determining the messages that are there and make sure we have those, that we have good, sound foundation on it, because the days will be very challenging ahead in the future. Wow. Quite Sorry for the long discussion. The no, problem no. was as long as the talk. It was a one-hour talk. And the notes will be online soon. Is that correct? That you will have the presentation available. Well, that's that's the plan. Thank you. I was going to mention that at the end, but it's uh, good to know, bring that up now. We may we may put that up at FutureQuake. Yeah, I'd like to put that up FutureQuake.com. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If anybody's interested, of course, it's in a PowerPoint format, so it's sort of in a bulletized list that doesn't provide all the elaboration. However, mm-hmm. um, I also have an audio copy of mm-hmm. it, and there was a forum that was held immediately afterwards where um, uh, actually representative of other world religions, a, uh, the, uh, I mentioned to a Sikh um, scholar mm-hmm. uh, from Islam. We had a Kabbalist, uh, Kabbalah specialist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, uh, someone who had some affiliation with Buddhist priests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a UN representative, the, the official representative assigned to this group was there, as well as Dr. Rosner, all on a big panel. Hmm. And I have audios of both of those, and I probably will be putting those up. However, I've got in a few weeks, I'll be getting an actual DVD of the the video from it. Wow. So if I've if everything's okay to put that up, I'll try to get it all up there so people will be interested in seeing that. I'd like to see it. Um, well, with all of that, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that there was a, a wide range of impressions, uh, both during and after the uh, the top, you know, the the talk there. Uh, Chris, what were some of the impressions that you felt from the audience while Dr. Future was giving the speech? Uh, well, you know, one of the things that I noticed about this uh, group of people who were attending the conference is uh, they were uh, very polite. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, just seems to be their their way. You know, they're mm-hmm. uh, they're not combative or argumentative in any way, even though I know that um, some of them uh, probably uh, were not very pleased to hear some of the biblical admonitions mm-hmm. you know, about contacting sure. the dead or contacting spirits. And uh, and uh, I can't remember if in your presentation you referenced Babel and the, the men's efforts to try to reach the heavens there when God stopped them for trying to make a contact, a man's effort to reach heaven. About no. the only story yeah. I didn't include. Yeah, and, and that, that, that kept coming to my mind at this whole conference, you know, man's effort to try to, you know, to make that connection instead of uh, accepting the connection that God has made to us when, you know, God became a man in the form of Jesus Christ to, right. to reach us that way. So uh, the people were were polite and they were quiet and they listened. And uh, but you you could uh, 
you know, without reading anything into it, you could you could almost tell, you know, at some of the uh, responses that uh, that uh, people were like, okay, they, they were kind of surprised to see a fellow appear who's who takes the Bible literally mm-hmm. and uh, presents it, you know, and doesn't make any bones about the fact that he mm-hmm. believes the Bible literally and is mm-hmm. taking these admonitions seriously. Yeah. Uh, that not all uh, spirits uh, that uh, are uh, friendly spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, th- I think that was pretty much my take on the. Uh, the response of the congregation. Well, uh, I think when people, if they hear the audio and, and see the video, uh, they'll they'll find it not to be one of the most magnetic presentations or, or riveting. Uh, maybe I'm not talking about the content out of the Bible or anything, but um, it was a lengthy uh, mm-hmm. talk that was going to really push the limits of the time limit they'd given me, mm-hmm. and so I had to really stay on message pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, with it. They got started late. And I was a little concerned I wasn't going to be able to get it in full because I, I felt like I needed to keep the integrity of the whole talk to yeah. sort of show where it was yeah. going. So I, I, I whizzed through it pretty quickly. And, mm-hmm. and one of the good things about it is it kept it a little bit more impersonal as far as, it, it, you know, I, I didn't go make eye contact or point fingers or things. I think it let everybody sort of chew on it as they didn't, saw didn't fit. You upend any, any tables no, or anything? No, no, it was pretty, you know, yeah. I just let the, the words there do their talking. But but every once in a while I could get get a quick uh, break and sort of glance up over the, the, the slides. And mostly I saw people very respectful, mm-hmm. but some, some, uh, some whispering of mm-hmm. people next to them. It was interesting to see people in different religious garb. And different kind of, uh, you know, just you knew there were people representing different religions. And here we were talking about the Bible and talking about the words of Jesus. And they're they're in there whispering and talking about it and considering it. And I thought it was just sort of a very interesting, very interesting moment. But they didn't give feedback until really after the uh, the panel session that occurred. Okay, okay. So your impression was that they were maybe a little taken aback, you might say, almost? Well, they were. I think they're awake. I mean, I think even though it was an early morning talk that I gave mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, um, they seem because uh, we got you know we got feedback mm-hmm. afterwards uh, from folk, but but immediately after that was a, this hour and a half panel session, so yeah, we went yeah. directly into that. Yeah, well, let's let's talk a little bit about that panel session. Um, you said it was it was made up of a, a, not just it was obviously not just you was panel session. It was you and. John Rosner, uh, Dr. Rosner, who has uh-huh. the group. Uh, there was uh, Dr. Elaine Baldov, who was mm-hmm. the UN representative. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a representative of uh, Sufi uh, Islamic teaching. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, representative of Kabbalah, uh, representative uh, giving the Buddhist perspective, uh, and I think that was it, and me. And uh, so that was. <laughs> I, that was quite an ecumenical yeah. table that's a, that's a uh, there. Real group right there. And the original intent uh, was to discuss this whole concept of the collision of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And my understanding, went, I didn't know a lot of detail beforehand, but that they were going to discuss their different perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. And I was anticipating questions from the audience. Mm-hmm. But what, what happened, and, and uh, uh, Pastor Chris can fill this up a little bit from his perspective, mm-hmm. uh, I sense there may have been a little change in some other order. And, and, and what did you observe? I'll, I'll just let Chris fill in what he saw from the from the audience. Well, um, I, one of the, the first things that sort of, that happened was that uh, before the discussion actually started, one of the fellows uh, leaned over to uh, Dr. Future and said, you are a very brave man <laughs> for, for, uh, for making this kind of presentation at, at this uh, gathering. Uh, one of the things that, that I found very interesting as the microphone was passed along and each person was allowed to speak uh, was that 
they all acknowledged Jesus right away. Really? Yeah, they, they, but they acknowledged Jesus more as a, uh, a uh, of course, as a historical figure, but more as a sort of a spiritual prophet, mm-hmm. not so much as... Um, not Maybe not necessarily the Son of God. Not not the way that Christians yeah. would see him as uh, Emmanuel, as God with us, God the Son, mm-hmm. uh, and the Savior of the world, but as more of a kind of a spiritual leader. And I thought that, that was uh, very interesting that... Uh, that everyone seemed to touch on that almost uh, in an effort to try to, I guess, maybe try to reach some kind of common ground mm-hmm. with uh, what Dr. Future was saying at the, the panel. But uh, they all uh, definitely, you know, stated their own views and where they were coming from as well. So it was, it was actually uh, uh, interesting because each one kind of, I guess, encapsulated what his or her you know, belief system mm-hmm. kind of was mm-hmm. there at that panel. So uh, that was uh, that was interesting. interesting. Yeah. I guess one of the, one of the other things that I thought thought was was really interesting uh, right away though was one of the fellows and, and I, I want to attribute this to the, uh, the the Israeli fellow who was there but I'm not really sure if he was the the, the one who said this but you know they the, as they were going through this kind of a timeline of, of uh, spirituality and history and different religions in the world uh, it was noted that the uh, and this comment was made by by one of the speakers that the problem with Judaism. The problem with Judaism is that Judaism requires an atonement. Mm. And that, that seemed to be a, a crucial theme at this conference because uh, the idea of sin, of personal responsibility and offense to a creator, mm-hmm. uh, didn't exist at this conference. The, the whole uh, theme is that we are, as a race, uh, as Dr. Future referred to earlier, are going to evolve or be birthed into this new order we're going to rise above our current messed up situation they wouldn't call it sin but we're going to kind of graduate out of it out of that and into a, a new elevated stance a new humanity so to speak so uh, the yeah. idea of uh, there needing to be a blood sacrifice for sin or even an atonement at all for mm-hmm. sin is not is not part of this uh, this not agenda of, at all idea. it's yeah. more about uh, people uh, elevating ourselves to God, to Godhood, God's status, mm-hmm. and reconnecting with Him somehow. Mm-hmm. So there's no and in that and in that mindset, in that scenario, there's no need for for a savior as we believe Jesus mm-hmm. is. Okay, okay. Um, so what types of, of feedback did y'all uh, run into, both you know positive mm-hmm. and negative? Well, if, if I could just make a little comment on this, sure. and this is probably just me being up on the stage, being mm-hmm. a little sensitive to it. I don't know if that panel went along as planned or not because again they didn't have any questions mm-hmm. and in fact uh, when everybody spoke there it was getting pretty late so I actually they didn't even have me speak which I guess I'm mm-hmm. not totally shocked since I'd have had an hour you know to sure. speak there at the time but but I sense and this just may be me that a lot of the, their points they were making were directed more to me than they were the audience it was almost more of a response to what you had said yeah. than a real panel discussion where the audience was fielding questions right. and that kind of thing right yeah as a uh, as Pastor Chris was saying, it was they were sort of responding to the points I made, I and it, which was a little little awkward uh, for me. Although I mean, nobody was nasty or, or ugly with me at all. And uh, what was really curious, though, you had people of all these faiths, and like like uh, Pastor Chris was saying, a lot of the talk 
during that whole hour and a half focused on Jesus, who Jesus was. Very and this, you know, I didn't expect that. Um, one of the gentlemen said something that sort of caught my eye, and I, I really can't tell my listeners. I don't fully understand this, but it intrigued me enough to look it up more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fellow that was in the Kabbalah was saying that they understood for many, many years that Jesus was the Messiah, and that was his name. And mm-hmm. it had been written in their ancient text, but it was a secret. And that got my attention. <laughs> I wow. thought, what? So we went and, and looked him up later in the conference and talked about that. And I don't know all the details, but I'm going to look into that further. Yeah. That was just one of the things that I found sort of curious about it. But everybody sort of related to how they fit into the Christian cosmology hmm. uh, of view things. And I, I don't know if that was pre-planned or if it really was, again, just sort of a reaction. Even Dr. Rosner uh, focused on what I brought up about having to discern spirits and then all mm-hmm. spirits are trustworthy. And he mm-hmm. said himself that in in their community, they hadn't always been that good at being able to be discriminating, you know, in, no, in that, that kind of that way. Was, so that, that was, was interesting. really surprisingly candid. Actually. Yeah. yeah. And I believe you asked me before I got off topic there about some of the responses after that. I would love to hear about your responses, both positive and negative. Well, um, a couple people ran up to me as soon as that panel ended, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know, you know, if they were going to have a strong. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I said a whole lot against mediums mm-hmm. and against, as far as what mm-hmm. what the in Judaism, what they understood was yeah. forbidden. You know, I even talked about positive experiences, like Daniel, for example, who had positive discussions with uh, angels, for example. Mm-hmm. But in the cases I could find, in every case, these people sought God first. They sought God, and they yeah. also sought repentance and holiness. And then God sent angels to talk to them in response to their pursuit of God yeah. in his ways. But I, I didn't know how they would receive it because it was a room full of people who were mediums. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it was sort of weird because right after that, they had an announcement for mediums to get together and meet. And so I didn't know how it, how it would be received. But I had a number of people come up to me uh, right there and say, that was a fantastic talk. We had never heard this information before wow. we had never heard this all put That's together and they said can we have copies we want copies and this, these were groups all across canada and other places they had groups they wanted copies uh one gentleman pursued us at lunchtime and asked if he could get it translated into french uh and uh several people told me that i should put it into a book and so i've sort of been mulling that over if that would bear any fruit or not to uh, hmm. you know put the effort into that so i had a lot of positive feedback but then we had some other challenging uh feedback um not only did I feel that, but uh, Pastor Chris did too. So I'm going to mm-hmm. let him share. He had some of the more interesting uh, comments brought to him uh, afterwards. But one of them that came to mind was uh, there was a there was a woman um, uh, that uh, had come, and I guess she was friends with one of the other officials there, and and they felt somewhat offended by it because mm-hmm. they felt like it was sort of chauvinist. Because well, because there was a slide where I talked about the the garden in the fall, mm-hmm. and I mentioned about Eve. Uh, response with the serpent, sure. and and I think they interpreted that I was trying to target women, which was, evi- you know, not not my point at all. That it was uh, there was enough blame to go around uh, at the <laughs> fall, so uh, yeah. they gave me an opportunity to explain myself, you know, and, and clarify, and then that led to a discussion of a whole bunch of different uh, issues. They had some very very different spiritual beliefs that I hadn't been exposed to before mm-hmm. uh, that we talked about. But uh, Pastor Chris had some neat ones. If you'd like, he could share a little yeah, bit about some of yeah. his immediately afterwards. Weigh in, if you will. Yeah, if um, 
you have to remember we were there for two and a half days mm -hmm. talking to people. So, uh, you know, we would uh, talk to someone and maybe then see them again later the same day or the next day or whatever. And uh, we had a variety of topics that came up. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I found most interesting, uh, well, there were several things that were very interesting, actually. But how many um, practices and ideas that had been explicitly forbidden in the Old Testament mm -hmm. were uh were surfacing at this convention. Uh, for instance, we met a lady who uh, said that she was uh, making cakes for the Queen of Heaven. You know, and uh, uh, the scripture is explicit about you know not worshiping the Queen of Heaven or making her cakes. Yeah, or making her cakes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so many ideas. People would come to us, and they they had a lot of misinformation about the Bible. And I mm -hmm. think we'll uh, get into that a little bit later. But uh, people would come to us and say things like, "Well, uh, you know, the early church taught." Uh, Reincarnation, for instance. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would have to say, well, no, the, the Bible has never taught reincarnation because the Bible teaches clearly that it is appointed for a man once to die and after this the judgment, that mm -hmm. there is no reincarnation. And almost everybody we met at this thing believed in reincarnation mm -hmm. as, as mm -hmm. a reality, that if you don't get it on this pass, You're that's okay. Another, you'll another you'll, yeah, next time around you'll... You'll you'll get another chance. So we talked uh, to people about a lot of their misinformation. Mm -hmm. um, it was also uh, interesting that so many of the people that we met had actually come from somewhere in their ancient past, in their childhood, had been. You mean this life? This life, life, yes, yeah. in this life. Well, we talked to people who claimed to have prior lives as well. Priestesses. And, yeah, yeah. And they had been in Atlantis and, and other mm -hmm. places. But uh, we talked. Uh, but uh, we talked to folks who uh, had been burned or disillusioned or disappointed uh, in so, some kind of Christian church when mm -hmm. they were young or when mm -hmm. they were teenager or when they were early married. And uh, so a lot of folks had disappointments with Christianity, and we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But uh, probably some of them had legitimate uh, complaints against some of the uh, uh, things that had happened to them. They'd mm -hmm. either been, you know, uh, mistreated by a pastor or, mm -hmm. or disappointed or, or just raised in some kind of a, a religion that didn't really have any life-changing power in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, I want something with a little I more. I want something, something real. Something else, yeah. yeah. So uh, we talked to people for several days, and uh, it was very interesting that many of the topics that we got into with them about these things. Hmm. Probably one of the first things... Uh, that we ran into, though, this is actually when we first uh, got to the conference. Mm -hmm. There was such a wide variety of people there that it was hard for me to imagine how there could be uh, this much unity in one place. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when you have, uh, you know, uh, Jews and Buddhists and uh, Muslims and Anglicans, you know, all in one, you know, group together like mm -hmm. that, I, I was thinking, how in the world can they find commonality? Mm -hmm. So I asked one fellow who actually happened to be a, a psychotherapist, I think, mm -hmm. there. Most uh, of them were. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. most, most of the people there were all professional, professional folks. And that, in that the we psych met. Yeah. psychiatric field. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, in a group this diverse, I said, is there ever anyone who shows up that you just say, look, you know, your views are just too far out. We can't accept your, you know, you, you just don't fit here. And uh and I was really kind of surprised by his answer. And he said, yeah, he said, the only group of people who would not be welcome here is anyone who takes a literal interpretation of the Bible. 
Hmm. They would not be welcome here. It was very interesting that they, they got Dr. Future to speak. Yeah, in the opening uh, session, too. But this was before, just a little while before the, the event actually started, and I was having a mm-hmm. conversation with this fellow. And uh, I said, well, why do you think that that is? I said, why don't you accept people who take the Bible literally? And he said, well, because those people always think that we're dealing with the devil or practicing some kind of witchcraft or mm-hmm. that here mm-hmm. with our with all of our spiritual experiences that they're yeah. having and that yeah. kind of thing. So I found that to be very, very uh, interesting. But you know what else he told me is he yeah. said, well, but it's okay for people to feel like that because this is part of their evolutionary process. You know, they're, hmm. this is where they are in this life, and then eventually, you know, they'll, they'll come around, they'll wake up, they'll get past that. So hmm. I, th- I thought that was very interesting that the, the literal view of the Bible was not uh, accepted uh, yeah. there. Uh, something that just wasn't it's interesting. Accepted. It's interesting that he wasn't angry about it, though. No, no, no. He he wasn't angry at all. Yeah. And another um, view, uh, it seemed like whenever uh, evangelicals were mentioned, it was always in more of a politicized. Uh, you think that's fair? Mm-hmm. That uh, evangelicals were really seen more as a, a political group or a, a social group rather mm-hmm. than anybody with a real, you know, spiritual message or mm-hmm. any kind of spiritual mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. So uh, you know, Christians were kind of, you know. I don't want to use the word judge, but dismissed or disregarded or whatever, more for our economic policies or, mm-hmm. you know, for good or bad, our war record, our stance on sexual issues, abortion, and everything except our message about Christ. Mm-hmm. So Christian Christians, especially evangelicals, are seen more as a, as a, a voting block or a mm-hmm. social strata or a, 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 a people group mm-hmm. rather than a real spiritual force. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of the people there referred to a, to a relative who who was an evangelical, and mm-hmm. it, some of the concerns they had was what issue where they stood on issues like moral issues, like mm-hmm. homosexuality and abortion and things like that. Those were the issues they brought up. They really had a problem with, mm-hmm. and the general message that came out is they equated equated evangelicals with being judgmental, mm-hmm. and that is something you did not you did not hear in the rest of the conference of well. You know, this is okay to do, this is not okay to do. Or, uh, you know, we have to be careful how we do this or that. It, it was all embracing. Everybody mm-hmm. had experiences, and they would sort of all envelop like amoebas, each other's experience and the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I hate to use the term anything goes, but it, it was a little bit of that, you know, I'm not judging what you say or what you say. But, but it was amazing because they did still have a lot of overlap anyway. And I, mm. I'm sure, you know, we're getting a snapshot in time. They probably yeah. heard a lot of the same teachers. They've heard a lot of these things over and over again, so things start to merge. But uh, just to reiterate what uh, Pastor Chris said, uh, uh, we had the opportunity to express how we felt about mm-hmm. Scripture. Yeah. And people very clearly understood, in fact, I said at the beginning of my talk, that I took it as the literal words of God and the final author- authoritative word of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Chris, uh, who I don't know any, any men alive who know more Bible, and the yeah. Bible verses within arm's reach and can share that accurately with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just an ideal person. Uh, uh, God really blessed me to have him along with me. He's a very discerning and wise person mm-hmm. and also loves people and really cares people too as well as he loves God's word. And so we were able to talk about the very fundamentals of mm-hmm. the Bible, about who Jesus was, about the nature of who mankind was, and all of these very, very basics in an area where there was not shouting or hollering, again, there was a lot of misunderstanding, like uh, Pastor Chris talked about, that we were able to debunk some myths 
mm-hmm. uh, there, and I think they found it rather refreshing. And in the same light, I think they 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 liked the fact that we weren't hitting people over the head; that we could be friendly and kind and respectful, mm-hmm. but yet mm-hmm. we still had a view. And, and we spoke with some authority about where our positions were. So I considered it very fruitful in, in my behalf. And I thought it was a good, from my perspective, it was a good exercise for us because here we reside in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. And even people, you know, you might have people from different denominations on your street and you think that's a big deal. But we, mm-hmm. we were immersed in a culture like the rest of the world outside mm-hmm. of our little insulated community that had a very, very different worldview. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us, I believe personally, to be able to relate and to you know to be able to share uh, how we feel hmm. uh, with people like that. And hmm. uh, so I, I just found it very useful and instructive uh, in that respect. Well, that's that's good. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. It seems like you guys really tried, went out of your way to really be, uh, you know, obviously full of the truth, but but loving and you know respectful as well. That's good. Mm-hmm. There, there's one other thing that, that I, th- I thought was pretty interesting when I was talking to people there. Yeah. Uh, when you talk to them about Christ, mm-hmm. uh, they, um, uh, some of them at least, the ones that, that we talked with uh, one day, um, and, and you know, I, I don't want to give a generalization to say that all these people right. believe the same or they're all just alike. That's very mm-hmm. unfair, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, we did talk to uh, a couple of folks who saw the Christ as more of a kind of a figurehead. Uh, a kind of a collection of all these uh, uh, different uh, leaders rolled into one. That, mm. uh, for instance, they would believe that Moses was a type of Christ, and uh, Jesus was a type of Christ, and mm-hmm. other figures would be a type or like Christ consciousness, right? Yeah, yeah, characteristics of Christ, and and then when you uh, total the sum of them together, you would get this idea of Christ. They didn't really see Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. the the one who who died on the cross, mm-hmm. as being the Christ. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, uh, we almost got the idea that that there that there was not a a certain Christ. It was more like mm-hmm. a Christ concept or a Christ idea, mm-hmm. whereas that we believe that that man Jesus of Nazareth he was is historical. He yeah. is the Christ. He's the yeah. Messiah prophesied by the Hebrew Scriptures to be the Son of God, the Passover Lamb who would die for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was, I think, very interesting. They're just their whole concept of what the when we say Christ, we mean one thing. Mm-hmm. When they say Christ, they mean something entirely different. different. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we we touched on this a little bit, but I'd like to hear your uh, expound on a little bit further. Uh, we talked a little bit about the typical demographics of the mm-hmm. attendees there, their age and their profession. And, uh, give us a little a little wrap up on on what the typical I guess if you could say typical mm-hmm. attendee was like. Well, I think Pastor Chris will agree with me on this, and uh, but he can elaborate further on it. But there was a very large proportion of middle-aged, and mm-hmm. you'd even say senior citizen people mm-hmm. that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was he and I both were surprised by that. It may be skewed a little bit from the fact that this was a very expensive trip. I see. For everybody to make. Yeah. I mean, it was it was yeah. for 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 us, yeah. and, and certainly would be for them. So Especially you might those expensive restaurants we ate in. Well, yeah, Le McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where people Le came Royale. to see. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Future <laughs> and Pastor Chris. Yeah, um, although I did have poutines, I think is how they pronounce it, which poutines. is their. I, I hope that's the right. I'd be what embarrassed if that? it wasn't. You you don't get out much, Tom. You don't aren't not, familiar not with Montreal, that. No. Yeah, they're like uh, French fries covered with brown gravy and crumbled cheese. Oh, oh yeah, I've, I have had those. Okay, I, I figured you I've, had. I've tried to 
tried to forget. Yeah, we, it was a truly international trip. Yeah. Actually, I had mine at uh, Burger King there, but mm. it was still still official. Culinary experience. But back to our yeah. back to our question. Yes. Um, the the people that uh, that I saw were largely that demographic, mm-hmm. and I tell you, um, even though the beliefs were very very different from what we're usually exposed to in our in the country, mm-hmm. if you just Saw these people, you know, in your neighborhood. You would, mm-hmm. you would just assume they'd be your typical. Just your next yeah, you might see a few more crystals and amulets and stuff on mm-hmm. the neck and other, you know, accessories and some bling, you know, part of it. But for the most part, it was uh, a very average-looking kind of group and in an older demographic of folk. And uh, maybe Pastor Chris can elaborate a little bit on yeah. that too. Well, you know, I was kind of surprised at the age group, I guess, but I think. Uh, in in some ways, maybe the uh, and and some of the folks use this phrase to describe themselves. So I'm I'm trying not to be, uh, you know, I'm just saying what what they said. Uh, when you think of the new age movement, that's the phrase that I'm referring to. Um, that was maybe more prevalent, say, 30 years ago or so. You heard a lot about the new age and that kind of thing. Uh, you would see people who were probably uh, you know younger adults maybe back then and now are older. Uh, a lot of professional people, like we said, I was I was very surprised at how many medical doctors, PhDs, uh, attorneys, uh, college professors, very professional, mm-hmm. very well educated, mm-hmm. very thoughtful people, uh, who uh, like you know Doctor Future says you would see you know out on the golf course or in mm-hmm. your neighborhood and you would think they probably mm-hmm. you know teach school or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but you know one of the things that that I observed as a, a pastor. Uh, especially when I pastored in another state, is it seemed like that there was an older uh, group of people uh, that came out of churches that hadn't really been teaching the word. And you may get a little hate mail from this comment, <laughs> but uh, but uh, there are a lot of churches that haven't really been teaching the the scriptures to people. It seems like it seems like I've I've noticed that there are a lot of people out there that teach almost self help. Well. But but especially years ago. Okay. So so uh, one of the things that we would run into is we would have uh, older folks, you know, retired people, senior citizens even, who would come in and we'd be teaching the Bible, and they'd say things like, "I never heard that. I've hmm. never heard this before. Wow. How do? You, why, well, how come you guys know so much about the Bible?" We'll say, "Well, it's it's just there in the Bible. All you have to do is read it." So um, I think that uh, this is. Uh, Maybe indicative of a sort of a generational thing, where maybe mm. there was a kind of a lapse mm. in, in at least in, in the U.S. in mm. certain areas where there was a kind of a lapse in in good expository Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. So when people weren't getting what they needed from the Word of God, they would look elsewhere and maybe you know find other spiritual sources or other spiritual mm. information mm. or misinformation, as it were, uh, that would lead them in this direction. So. Uh, I hope I'm not being too uh, uh, carried away in my thinking there, but I just thought it was pretty interesting that we saw this. This uh, that seemed to be the uh, predominant age group there. Mm-hmm. I would say were uh, people that were uh, older than uh, Doctor Future and myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just one thing to elaborate on on his point there. I remember one example of one friend we made, and, and I, as far as I know, we walked away. You know, on good terms with with everyone. Oh, Once great. we had time to yeah. talk, we had very extended discussions mm-hmm. about the Bible, what was reality mm-hmm. in on the world and the spirit world. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a very civil discussion. But one person in particular, sharing a little bit about their past and how they led on their path, mm-hmm. had had even was really in a bad situation. And I won't elaborate further. But mm-hmm. they got horrible advice from clergy people mm-hmm. about a situation that they were in. 
uh, and I th- to me, I think it was somewhat damaging. Uh, mm-hmm. the, and so they internalized that bad information, and they sort of projected it onto the whole church. That's interesting. And I'm guessing that's not the first time that's ever happened. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you brought that up. I remember listening to one of the uh, – a talk by one of our past guests. Uh, William Schnoblin was talking about how he was in a uh, Catholic seminary and got a lot of kind of odd, dev- odd advice on the on mm-hmm. the uh, the whole spiritual take of Christianity. Yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me. Well, and this really. was this was on a on a very you know matter of fact regular Something kind of that issue. Something should be really straightforward, or a domestic yeah. kind yeah. of issue, and and yeah. uh, that sort of steamrolled. And people react in different ways. Sometimes they just drop out of church completely. They drop out of any kind of mm-hmm. spiritual pursuits. Sometimes they take a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably, the more we dug, that would be a little more common theme we would find uh, with some of the folks there. Uh, it's interesting what uh, Pastor Chris was talking about, about uh, some other churches and their background. And I don't think that surprises anybody here, given mm-hmm. the demographic, the people we've talked to on our show, yeah. that recognize that uh, on mm-hmm. our show. But... Uh, I know uh, uh, Pastor Chris uh, have an affiliation with Calvary Chapel. They mm-hmm. put a real extreme on very much on the God's the word, word, on yeah. the focus and in verse by verse teaching through it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's something I find very appealing. Me is too. that the, and they they're very upfront about that. Is that that takes a premier position is mm-hmm. to make sure that's the focal point. Do you think? Uh, because that is the standard in the church yet, that makes you even more sensitive, Pastor Chris, when you. When you see that elsewhere, yeah, you know, I, w- I was in uh, other churches for many years uh, that didn't teach the scriptures, and you know, they would refer to the scriptures or teach various points of view or whatever. And uh, when I discovered a church, uh, unfortunately for me, I was 33 years old when I discovered that mm-hmm. uh, a church that was actually teaching the Bible and just you know not skipping mm-hmm. anything, just teaching it. And uh, it to me, it was so. Uh, invigorating just to be in a situation like that that once you get used to that kind of diet then then you won't settle for any kind of for anything less mm-hmm. and you're, it also makes it easier to spot uh, if, if somebody's teaching something that doesn't line up with the whole the the uh, the whole counsel of God with mm-hmm. all the scripture it's easier to spot that and say wait a minute yeah. that's not what the Bible says yeah. and unfortunately like uh, Dr. Future was saying um, this one lady in particular, she had just gotten some really rotten advice from a pastor, mm. and I, I actually apologized to her, and I said, yes, I, am, yes. I, "I said I am very sorry that that man misrepresented Christ to you." I said because the Bible is very clear about your situation, and I, I even showed her what you know the Scripture said about her situation, mm-hmm. and she had been gotten some, been given some uh, very damaging advice, and I told her, I said, "Listen, he gave you false teaching." And I said, false teaching always damages people. Mm-hmm. It always hurts people. It always misleads people away from the truth of God. Mm-hmm. And and I'm afraid that you know, this conference was full of people who had been hurt or misled or gone astray in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and usually people who had been hurt mm-hmm. or just... That's, that's too bad. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Sad, almost a sad commentary on, on what... What some pastors are teaching, I guess. Well, really. well, but there's a cure. You know, we, we can do sure. something about it. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that a little later. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I do want to. I do want to uh, move along here a little bit and shift gears just sure. just a little bit. Um, I understand that a major point of the discussion at the conference was the role of the UFOs in the last days experience. That's a pretty big shift. I'm going to let Doctor Future. <laughs> yeah, know that there you one. go. <laughs> well, you know, 
I don't quite how to phrase this because I mean they could really describe it best themselves. Sure. But I would almost call it sort of a subculture, but okay. it's but it's a big part of it uh-huh. because um, this whole idea of of heaven and earth reopening up again. And I would say probably if you really push, maybe even a majority of people mm-hmm. would would say that. Um, they see the physical tangibleness of that happening could be via the UFO phenomenon. Okay. And as 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 the means by which that will happen, mm-hmm. and um, the people who were there speaking were some fascinating folks. And and again, if anybody listens to Coast to Coast or watches Discovery Channel, you, you will have seen the, two of the gentlemen that were there that were sort of uh, keynote speakers. One was uh, Stephen Bassett mm-hmm. from the Exopolitics Institute, and he really is a gentleman who focuses on He's, he's an official lobbyist in Washington, as no Washington and, and he focuses on this whole idea of disclosure of mm-hmm. the government and um, what they know, either contacts they have, information they've retrieved, and also just documents and things they're setting on that they've not released. And he, he, what he tries to do is piece by piece add high-level figures. Uh, he's gotten people like John Podesta from, I believe, the Clinton administration, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Richardson, and others to sort of come on board and say, yes, I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that, and he piece by piece adds that. Another gentleman who, and I think these guys will show up in a lot of conferences together, is Dr. Stephen Greer, who... Uh, also uh, has several initiatives involved, uh, one called CSETI that relates to contact and search for extraterrestrial life. Mm-hmm. He is a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And then also he had a special program called the Disclosure Project, which he started getting all of these extremely credentialed, high-level generals and other people and took them all to, to Washington and had a big press conference where they all stood up and said, yes, I've, I've seen either wreckage or documents or stuff squirreled wow. away, high tech, and, and he has the ear of high-level people mm-hmm. in Washington. And I guess this would be as good a time to mention this. And and um, with, with Mr. Bassett, we we spent a lot of time listening to the information he disclosed, and it gave us a lot of food for thought. Uh, but one of the things that Stephen Greer talked about, he he was very much more uh, also in the part of the religious, spiritual aspect of mm-hmm. it. Shared a lot of time mm-hmm. with that. I think a lot of his pursuits are on the spiritual side as well as the just the general ET search side. Mm-hmm. In fact, now he's even getting, uh, Pastor Chris mentioned the energy side of things. He He's mm-hmm. trying to figure out what kind of free energy and things that they've devised and how we can recreate it here to solve mm-hmm. our problems on Earth. Mm-hmm. They see this disclosure thing as the key to solve a lot of the problems that we have on Earth. That the law, whoever's there, our quote benefactors are, will actually make a lot of this clear. Uh, But uh, Mr. Greer, um, uh, he would be invited by people that were high-level figures in Washington to come give personal briefs. And and I'll mention the names because he mentioned them. Uh, James Woolsey, who was the former head of uh, the CIA. Now is a, is a big wig. You see him on TV regular. He's with Booz Allen Hamilton and does a lot of things. Um, even the Clintons have used him. Wow. Now, this shouldn't totally surprise us because we know that even uh, Nancy and Ronald Reagan consulted uh, astrologers and used astrology tables on when they were going to do things. Mm-hmm. And we also know that even Hillary Clinton talked and, and wrote about how she would channel Eleanor Roosevelt for advice. But we hear those things as little isolated events that are sort of quirky. Uh But evidently, there must be a whole culture behind the scenes where, like, they described, uh, like, 
dinner uh, meetings where they would get together sort of quietly and not say mm-hmm. until they all got together and they'd say, what are you hearing? What's going on with this? What do I know? So there's this keen interest in this topic by government officials, mm-hmm. and I found that very, very intriguing. And I suspect this is only the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. of what's going on in this. Can you elaborate further, Pastor Chris? Well, um not much really other than, than what you've already <laughs> said. I, I think, you know, whether or not uh, there's a, uh, a reality of, of this material to be disclosed, one of the uh, points that was made by uh, Stephen Bassett that is that the, the disclosure of the information will have a tremendous influence on civilization as we know it. And whether it's factual or whether it's some kind of deception or regardless of what it is, if if the if someone were to come and say we have this, it's going to change everyone's perspective. So uh, I think that's pretty much what he was getting at with his presentation. And of course, uh, uh, he they I think he's a political activist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in, in, uh, yeah, from from uh, from up in the D.C. area, and uh, strongly pressuring the United States to do what. Uh, other governments have already done, you know, to declassify a lot of mm-hmm. their information. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's on the news. It's not like we're telling you anything new. I mean, this mm-hmm. is common knowledge. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing that uh, Mr. Bassett talked about that I, I found interesting, he was a very interesting speaker with a lot of information, Yeah. Um, was that uh, he talked about what he sees and other people he's talked to, what the impact on different world religions will be. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised for him to say not only were, like, for example, he said Hinduism, Buddhism, they're used to integrating stuff, you know, pulling other new stuff in and sort of merging it in. They probably won't have much of a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that even he thought evangelical Christianity and fundamentalist of Christianity would be able to deal with it. They would handle it better than what people might think. Mm. Um, but the one group he said that he thought would offer the most resistance would be Islam because they would think that uh, since Western governments are are thought to be the ones who have this information to the largest extent, mm-hmm. that it would seem to be like as a, a trick or some, some unbalance of, of power. Or something yeah, or an like unbalance that. of power, and that they anticipate that would be an issue. It was an interesting uh, interesting discussion. But, but they talked about the, the financial situation we have right now and how this was a factor mm-hmm. in what was disclosed, uh, just the big balance between the East and West and what that was doing. Mm-hmm. But that was a big thing that they were that they were focusing on. He even talked quite a bit about uh, one of the Rockefellers involved with the Clintons, and there was some mm-hmm. big meeting that was covered, pictures taken, everything about this, where he actually uh, billions of dollars were at their disposal to be able to try to disclose this information. And they said different candidates had different uh, levels of discomfort in talking about this topic. Mm. And and Hillary Clinton was one person that they really had pushed quite a bit about that. Can I just say about, about Stephen Bassett that uh, uh, Dr. Future and I actually uh, interacted with him probably the most. And one of the things that I, that I liked about him, uh, he came out at the beginning of his presentation and said, okay, I am not a psychic. You know, I have no spiritual powers. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty much a, a lobbyist and a, and a, 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 I guess a sort of a reporter. And um, and uh, when he gave his presentation, of course, you know, he was using PowerPoint and and he had you know uh, images of PDFs, files, you know, of documents and the photos. So you know, it, I just want to clarify that for your listeners that when Doctor Future is sitting here talking about the photos being taken and that 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 he had you know he displayed those photos you know mm-hmm. so you could see what he was talking about. So hmm. uh, it, his, he was very interesting, I mean, to listen to. And uh, and um, I guess because he said he didn't uh, really have any uh, 
spiritual interest in the matter, uh, we were able to actually talk to him a little bit more. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I brought up with him was the whole uh, concept of human nature and original sin, mm-hmm. you know, that, that how that's going to play into any kind of uh, change in world scenario, you know, mm-hmm. that, that uh, people are people. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to act the same way we always have unless God does a, a change mm-hmm. in our lives. We're going to respond the way we've always responded to things. Okay. Uh, if I could just m- mention a little addendum because we need to move yeah. on here, coming yeah. close. Uh, he said that we'd be hearing a lot more of this in the news. And uh, Pastor Chris, I unloaded some uh, some stories to cover for our regular Friday news segment on the show. And uh, one of the stories from the Washington Post uh, is about uh, uh, religions must prepare for ET discovery. And uh, it's all a talk about how the different world religions now are getting ready to get this information as a Washington Post and have to deal with it. What was the date on this? Uh, this was Sunday, July 20th. So um, maybe they know a little bit about what they're talking about, at least as far as the ex- expectation to push it in the news. There you is go. That we, may, we may have seen some stuff that mm-hmm. we'll anticipate hearing more about uh, in the future. Uh, well, we... That yeah, Stephen Bassett. Do you guys want to talk about the her talks a little bit, or yeah, I, I, I like think to, just to I'd give like to hear his per- perspective, on sort it. of cleanse yeah. the palate, try yeah, something go. a little different here, mm-hmm. uh, just to give you another perspective. We're not going to talk about everybody there, and we only got exposure a couple of days, people, so mm-hmm. we can't really give you a, a total snapshot. But um, mm-hmm. James Hertak was a gentleman whose name came up actually in my own research mm-hmm. uh, as a channeler, and he was a channeler of some group called the Council of Nine. Who, this is just in my own research mm-hmm. that I'd done, that supposedly these were entities that were channeled by a number of people, inc- including Yuri Geller, who was the channel before him, the uh, the Israeli psychic. Yeah, and then the Dr. Hertak yeah. came involved. I don't know the man personally or much detail about it, to be honest with you, but mm-hmm. uh, these were supposedly the nine major gods of ancient Egypt that were coming back and talking again. Well, anyway, he, he's known for a number of things. He wrote a book called uh, The Pillars of Enoch. And uh, or Keys of Enoch, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, he spoke with his wife. I think they speak together quite a bit in mm-hmm. different groups. And and um, I didn't catch everything of the the be- very beginning of his talk, but I got an audio copy of it that I'm going to be reviewing. But uh, their their talk was a mix of sort of Kabbalah type talk about the tree of life and emerging of of different kind of mystical concepts like that. And mm-hmm. then they had a time of music where they began singing together. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of audience participation where they worked in certain words for everybody to sing in. Mm-hmm. And they even had a, a, a visual kind of thing they put on the screen where it was like this spinning image that kept spinning and morphing and things as they were singing. It was it was a very interesting kind of multimedia thing that they did. Wow. I don't know if you have any comments on that, Pastor. I was just, uh, well, it, it was a kind of a... a, kind of a, a I hesitate to use the word shamanistic, but it was a sort of a group consciousness kind of yeah. kind mm-hmm. of event where you know people were kind of meditating and and uh, that together. And it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, Doctor Future and I abstained from the uh, the activity. You didn't but we dance, did, no, no dance for y'all. We did observe. <laughs> it's like not knowing the hokey pokey. You know, oh, we yeah. would have put our right foot in. When it, yeah. But the uh, I don't mean to make light of those uh, participants, but the. Um, the, the the thing that was to me was interesting about that was um, I even saw some similarities, I have to admit, between some of the techniques they used to get people's involvement and some churches I've been in. And that was a thought that went through my head. Not, you know, not, not the same words or things like that, but as far as the, the physical techniques used uh-huh. to develop certain emotional states or develop certain things... Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, certain churches have done that and have had tangible physical results from it. Huh. I don't know if they know that those techniques are used beyond churches in, in those aspects. Hmm. And, and and I think people understand where I'm going with, with that. Uh, sort of like mood music and lighting and that kind well, of thing. Well, or even things to get people in a fevered pitch and to breathe. You can take almost any message and get a certain response out of people with the right mixture of things. And I'm not trying to slam on the hurt tax or anything. There was, there was I'm sure, many other people using different techniques. It was mm-hmm. all according to what they wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying it reminded me of some of the kind of techniques I've seen in some churches sometimes. Wow. Uh, and it was interesting hearing information that was not your typical churchy kind of information where those techniques were being applied and how it had a similar response to it, people. It must so. have made it very... I'll leave it at that. But much, Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we also talked a little bit here before we got on the air about uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. Yeah, I, I think we we talked about him a little bit. I, I don't really have that much more elaborate okay. because he, he basically uh, was the one who has real access to people, insider people in Washington, but he also takes individuals out and to actually bring, conjure ETs. He uses laser lights and shines them in the air, and people all stood up and said, hey, we've been part of these groups, and we see ETs coming up here and things like that. Now, he didn't show photos or any of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to see, so you know there wasn't any other kind of corroborative information to show mm. but he's a well-known guy he, he's a guy you'll see frequently on coast to coast mm. and he's very very influential mm. and uh, he was almost sort of a little bit of a folk hero there i could tell he was uh-huh. one of a one of the keynote speakers mm. very charismatic kind of guy and uh, a real leader in it and and he is committed it appears to bringing about something and it involves ETs is a big part of it and consciousness transformation mm-hmm. and going one political figure at a time through and getting them on board mm-hmm. uh, is basically basically it. I think that probably gives you a pretty good uh, uh, okay. you know feel of the people of the conference and and uh, you know really just comes back to digesting what the significance of it is Wow well uh, let's let's shift gears here once again uh, one of the things I'd love to hear uh, from you guys about uh, why do you think? Why do you both think a community of people in this nature has evolved, kind of like this? I, I think we've touched on that a little bit already. I, I think yeah, uh, there yeah. have been people who have, you know, who have a spiritual void in their lives. They they mm-hmm. have an interest in spiritual things, but they haven't found it in maybe their church or religious experience that they've been in. I heard an evangelist years ago who said, "Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that your neighbor is not interested in spiritual things." Mm-hmm. Or that you're more interested in spiritual things than he is. People are very interested in spiritual things, and they will go to where they find they can get some kind of a fulfillment there. Um, I think some of the people that we met experienced legitimate disappointment, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people are just, uh, you know, it's human nature for us to uh, not want to listen to authority, you know, whether it be a priest or a pastor or a teacher or that's, or, that's God, my nature or, or God or well, I think I think a lot of us can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, the truth is, people we we, we love our sin. And, you know, humans in general, we do, and uh, mm-hmm. and people we, we love to follow our desires. Sometimes it may be sensual lusts or materialism. It can be a type of spiritual pride or empowerment that somebody finds. You know, when they when they mm-hmm. uh, get into this, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, years ago before I was a pastor, I ran around with a a lot of people. I was a musician, and I went. Met, in the late 70s, I hung with a lot of people that were into some very interesting and different beliefs. And, mm-hmm. and I met people who were 
uh, took a great deal of pride in feeling like they had some kind of spiritual power over people or spiritual influence over mm-hmm. others. Like uh, if you remember in Acts uh, chapter 8, I think it is Simon, Simon the Magi, mm-hmm. you know, who uh, the people esteemed him to be some great one. And he had influence over oh, the yeah. people. He had spiritual influence over them. Well, if, if somebody thinks you have spiritual truth and they come to you because you have the answers or you can guide them, I, th- I think it's a very heady experience for a lot of people mm. to to want to get into something like this so they can influence others. Mm. I mean, there's probably a thousand reasons why a community has evolved like this, but I think it's essentially a search for God. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a search for the God, the God who created us mm-hmm. and uh, looking in the wrong places. You want to add to that, Dr. Future? No. I, I, I think I know our time's getting short here, but I, I, I'd like to just comment about how I think that this movement may uh, impact the uh, the church in the world, just looking, since I am Dr. Future, looking at the future of it. To me, this movement seems to be growing. Um, we couldn't see, we only saw as a microcosm of there more of the leadership. Mm-hmm. This conference normally has about 500 people that make the effort. They said they were down to about 300 mm-hmm. uh, at yeah, this few, time. But there, there are a subset that are sent, sort of uh-huh. like messengers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a group, if you really want to know how big this whole thing is, watch regular TV. Watch how teachings of this whole nature, they're, they're pervasive throughout Star Wars. Mm. They're pervasive throughout most of our movies that we have, our TV shows. That is more a common, the, the teaching that we heard there was more common with the common culture. I think they've been successful, I guess is what I'm saying, mm. in pervading our culture. Whereas the, the, the traditional kind of Christianity, including the whole concepts of, mm. of you know fallen man and atonement and all that, has really fallen out of favor of the culture. Mm. And so they've really, this is something that they've succeeded in pervading it, sometimes more subtly than others, and it's become the accepted uh, talk uh, in there. Um, uh, you know, e- even though we found some of the older people that were there, but beyond the medium, uh, media, uh, even the whole environmental movement, uh, this is something yeah. that found, yeah. they talked a lot about Gaia and Mother Earth and, and things like this. Mm-hmm. And that fit in very, very well with with uh, the current environmental movement right now and uh, dovetails with that. And, and, of course, even the U.N. endorsement. I think most of the things regarding unity, mm-hmm. you know, unity and uh, adopting people of all positions and faiths is in line with the U.N. charter. And that's why I assume the U.N. is a part of it, although it's very curious. I don't know all of what the U.N.'s motives are, why they get into this. You know, I normally think of the U.N. in preventing wars and mm-hmm. stopping famine. Yeah. But uh, they have a big spiritual component to their concerns. Yeah, I've wondered that as well. What is well, the you, U.N.? And I, you know, there's, there's a lot of other books and things I've seen. On, 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 and I think a lot of these talks and things happen more in their European office in Vienna. Mm-hmm. That more yeah. of that happens in the Vienna World uh, United Nations meeting than in the New York. But they have separate meditation rooms and things. Well, they acknowledge the spiritual component to the success yeah. of what they're doing. But can, can I remind her yeah. of something, though? That when the gospel message came into the Roman world, it was a pagan society. It was a pagan society that the, that the gospel of Jesus Christ came into. And some of these beliefs that we even saw at the conference, uh, the, the Babylonian mystery religions, uh, Hinduism, they're actually older than Christianity. They predate Christi- Christianity. So, but, so Christianity came and confronted this very same thing. So as far as the, how it's impacting the world, Tim, uh, Paul writes to Timothy and says that evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. He says to Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. 
we continue in the Word of God. We as believers, that's the responsibility of the church, is to take the time to engage with people, love them, to see them more than see them as more than just a convert, someone to win, take time to listen to them, get outside our bubble, mm-hmm. study our own personal theology, know what you believe and why you believe, and get out there and, and share Jesus Christ with people and, mm-hmm. uh, and lead them to Christ. Lead people to Jesus Christ and show them what the truth is. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little hard to elaborate. I think I think Pastor Chris just hit the nail on the head there. But just a few of the points I might make. Um, if, if there's one group I'd like to talk to further to find out what their goals are in supporting this type of mm-hmm. issues is the World Council of Churches. Oh yeah. I'd like to see if we could find maybe a representative for them to talk about what you know how this dovetails and what their plans are. Sounds how like the making of another future. How this fits. Yeah, and, and I think that's something I may may pursue from this. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing I was going to say is that I think a lot of these teachings have actually migrated their way into the church. Sure. I think you'll sure. find well, a lot absolutely. of vestiges of you go through the Christian bookstore and things like that. Mm-hmm. You'll f- find a lot of it has percolated, uh, you know, into that. For every Doctor Future going and talking to these conferences, there's a whole lot more people of what they would find more common going into Christian mm-hmm. bookstores and oh, yeah. proliferating books and and things like that. And I think that will grow, and I think traditional Christianity will come more and more. Uh, questioned, you know, is is definitely not being mainstream. I think mm-hmm. what is mainstream is switching. But you know, we have reason for hope because, as Pastor Chris mentioned, uh, we have a message that was designed to work in a in a I hate to use the word pagan in this context, but an environment that's non traditional Christian. Let me say it that way. We can elaborate. Sure. And uh, you know, one of the things that I've also found very interesting at this conference was how much the Bible was quoted and referred to. Moses was referred to. Abraham. Jesus, the apostles, scripture was quoted. Mm-hmm. And in that, I see that uh, there there is a sort of a, a blending or a merging of of these kind of beliefs. And if and if somebody has a, a sort of a form of godliness that the apostle Paul talked to, a sort of Christianity that's not fully embracing the power of the resurrected Christ, then it will be easy for them to blur the lines between the two and 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 fall into this same kind of spirituality that has no real godly power in it. Mm-hmm. So uh that's one of the things that I also noted at the conference was how much Christian jargon was being used. Uh if if I can use that phrase. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. No, I mm-hmm. think that I okay. think he's yeah. covered it well. Um well we're down to the final few minutes here. I got I got two questions for you guys. Um, I was trying to hurry. I was, I was watching the clock. <laughs> you know, like like this is like that old show, Beat the Clock. You yeah. remember that? <laughs> well, you know, we run into this every future quake. We That's get right. we get somebody, we get talking, and it's uh-huh. you just there's so much information. Yeah. I want to ask you so many roads we could right. go down. It's hard to keep. It was it down hard when we solved the Middle East peace problem in 84 minutes. Oh, I know. I was going to say barely, that, just barely yeah, made it. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. Um, so how would how do you how do both of you think the church can minister to people like this uh, and those they influence? We we've touched on this a little bit, but well, know. I think Pastor Chris, since this is really his forte, and I think he's really gifted in that. I'm gonna let him oh, yeah. say the main piece. I'll just throw out a few little uh, quick. As I often tell my listeners, sometimes I I cast swine before pearls with uh, putting my mm, thoughts before the audience. Bacon. But, um, <laughs> Some of the things that that I think we we could do, first of all, is be aware, as Pastor Chris said earlier, that people of, of these kind of diverse beliefs exist not just in very different parts of the world, but in our own neighborhoods. That is a dispersed belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've been involved, even you know, in some of our prior embodiments on radio, 
with circles and groups of people mm-hmm. who, right here in our own town, oh, who yeah. feel very, very comfortable uh, in the environment and, and would feel more welcome than they might in, feel themselves in a lot of churches for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I think acknowledging that they're there and that they're people we're responsible to, uh, to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, and, and also, too, we kept talk, hearing about all these kind of people who had had a bad experience in church, sort of faded out of sight of that community and got involved in a different circle of people. Mm-hmm. They found more loving. I think it behooves us to uh, remember that when, when one out of the 99 uh, sort of, you know, disappears and not seen for a while, mm-hmm. that we need to be a little bit more mindful like Christ is in the picture mm-hmm. Christ gave mm-hmm. of uh, recognizing when these things happen. It, and it could be just for whatever reason, depression or some things in life happen, or it could be a bad experience in church, like we heard numerous mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that's a lesson I took uh, from, from things itself. And also I'll just say, and I think this is something that we're trying to do in the future Quake show, a lot of questions came up that you would think would be kind of fringe, marginal kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. the whole UFO ET thing, mm-hmm. that people would think, well, that's pretty strange, freaky kind of stuff, until yeah. you find out in the polls that over half of the people believe in this kind of stuff or are interested yeah. in it. Yeah. If you look at the History Channel or Discovery Channel, they don't run shows like that because nobody wants to see them. They do it because people are interested in topics or other spirituality issues or end-time things or whatever. And that's why when you see on Future Quake, we talk about stuff that a lot of Christian radio shows don't talk about. Yeah. You know, we struggle to look at a Christian worldview in light of these issues, but people get frustrated when they're ignored. You know, uh, Christians think, ooh, they're a little too weird. We better not even broach the subject. And there are certain heroes out there, people like Tom Horn and other people we've had on our show that have been very brave in going and not blinking and looking the other way at these issues that people care about. Well, I think they're, I think there's stuff that has to be, you know, at least addressed. Chris, I, I think I think just talking to people, I think we're sometimes would be shocked at how uh, little people really do know about what Jesus is about and what Christianity mm-hmm. really is. Uh, I'm reminded of a young man when I was a pastor in West Virginia, and uh, he was 26 years old. Came to our church, just started visiting through some friends. Uh, decided he wanted to to, uh, to give his life to the Lord and be baptized. And uh, he, he came to me with the best questions, and he said, um, is there a place in the Bible that teaches you how to pray? I said, sure there is. And he, sa- he said, I don't know how to pray. Can you show me how to pray? Mm-hmm. So I showed him the Lord's Prayer, and I started reading it to him. I said, now, you've heard this before, haven't you? Mm-hmm. He said, no. I said, I said, no, you've, you've heard this before in school or somewhere. No, I've never heard this before in my life. 26 years old, living in ba- essentially the Bible Belt, and had never heard the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. So I think we need to be uh, just, I think just bringing it up. I think sometimes if we will just bring up true salvation, the Word of God, uh, how do I get to heaven? What about life after death? Just bring these things up and trust the Holy Spirit to take over and lead our conversation and mm. guide us as we talk to people. It'll be amazing what God does. And, and you know, not see people as some kind of target or prize that we can win, but just take a genuine interest in them. Mm. Be patient with them, especially, you know, we need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need patience and self-control and kindness and gentleness, especially when we're talking with someone who may completely disagree with our worldview. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to share these things with folks and let them know that God does care about them and what happens to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good words, good words. Um, and finally, uh, how can listeners find out more about uh, these different organizations and the event and activities related to it? 
Okay, yeah, I'll just sort of wrap this up because I see we've got about a minute to go. Okay. Um, if you want to know more about that organization, if you're doing your own research, it's uh, III, three I's, hs.org. Uh, and you can learn some more information and email us if you'd like to talk yeah. about it further. Um, and and uh, also, I just want to say thank you in closing here to Dr. John and Dr. Marilyn Rosner yeah. for their generous invitation to invite me to come. And uh, I, I appreciate it so much and um, uh, would certainly be welcome to hear from them anytime. And also all of the friends that Pastor Chris and I made there, all of you all that were so kind. Uh, I hope some of you all are listening to our show. And I would just hope you'd have us back. And uh, we uh, please go to futurequake.com. My email address is there. Yeah. So I know I know we're just about out of time here. All just right. time for a wrap up. Um, that's all I have to say. It was a pleasure interviewing you t- you two. Um, you we'll see much. you next time on the Future Quake Show. Nothing can change the shape of things. Nothing can change the shape of things to come. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Future Quake Show. I am Doctor Future, and I am Tom Bionic. And it's time in that week when we have tomorrow's tremors mm-hmm. or today's review of the future's news. We get to let our uh, hair down a little bit, which I always thought was kind of a funny thing because we both have short hair. Well, it's just according to how you look at it. Some people don't think I have short hair. Mrs. Future thinks I have 70s hair. I could buy that, but it's still pretty short. Yeah, I mean, like I could be part of the I mean, mystery machine. We're not. We're not talking like, you know, like. Gorbachev or something, but your hair is definitely short. Well, thank you very much. Hey, well, before we get we get sidetracked a lot on Fridays because this is the time we review the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, you had a fantastic guest you interviewed this week. He was great, and, was and great. also Pastor uh, Vanover. He was good too. Oh, I was going to say Pastor Vanover was good, and then we had this oh. other guy on. Yeah, it was okay. in, fa- in fact, um, ladies and gentlemen, you are so lucky. We hope you did care- catch the interview this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talking about uh, you, Pastor Vanover and my uh, uh, adventure yeah, in if Montreal. You didn't, if you didn't catch it, actually, uh, uh, Dr. Future actually went and gave a, a speech at the Triple uh, IH. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a conference on religion and spirituality. It's affiliated and sponsored Pretty, by the United Nations yeah, and World Council Churches. Very interesting. Uh, I would recommend that you go back and listen yeah. to the to the podcast. If, if you don't have a time machine to go mm-hmm. back in time and listen to Money Through Thursday, I would suggest going to futurequake.com. There you go. But we'll have Marv tell them later how they yeah, get, let's get do there. That. Let's in do the it. meantime, we have a special guest. Would you oh, yeah. introduce him in our uh, vacuous uh, Futurequake studio? That's the drum roll. Yeah. Um, please make welcome our good buddy, Pastor Chris Vanover. Yes, swing it up, guys. Okay, now speak up. Yep. Uh, you know, I I know he has radio experience, so we're expecting uh, you to raise the bar performance. Yes, we're uh, expecting good things. Yeah. Did didn't you make quite a name for yourself in radio? Tell us a little bit about your experience. Uh, but before we get started in that, um, you are uh, one of the pastors at Calvary Chapel Rivergate, correct? That's correct. But I never made a name for myself in radio. You didn't? No. Well, I, I thought you had some. Great exploits in radio. Exploits, yes, great. That's the did, Didn't you have one show that started? Uh, we did. We did have a show years ago. Yeah, it was a music show. It was just we'd get on and play records and act stupid. And uh, didn't you have a show that like actually got started with you not being there? Or? I yeah, think I, I remember I was, you telling me where you would sometimes be late for the studio. Oh, well, yeah, I had a job too. 
You know, oh, I wasn't like I've heard some people do. I had a job <laughs> I had to attend to. Not everybody can be big time celebrities. We understand. Tom and I understand. But hey, uh, c- can you tell us just a little bit about uh, your church? Yeah, where you're at. It's a little spotlight here in the next. Oh yeah, great. Community. Yeah, thanks a lot uh, for the opportunity. We're at Calvary Chapel at Rivergate, which is in the Goodlettsville area of the North Nashville area, right on Long Hollow Pike. If you take I-65 North, it's about a mile and a half. Uh, to the uh, right off exit 97. We're just glad to be there. We uh, teach the Bible verse by verse. We are affiliated with Calvary Chapels in uh, Costa Mesa, California. Uh, not affiliated, that's not the correct phrase. We're in fellowship with them, I'm sorry. But uh, that's uh, who we are, and uh, we just uh, have a great group of people there that we love and worship with and uh, invite folks to come out and be with us. Check it out. All right. Um, now, uh, you yeah. said Costa Mesa. These particular churches are really big out in California, out west. Is that right? That's right. We have about 1,400 churches uh, in the United States. We have colleges around the world in Hungary, Austria, uh, England, uh, Jerusalem, Japan, uh, Australia, Spain. And uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, fellowship to be a part of, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it's right. wonderful to have you in studio. And uh, to embarrass you further, I'd just like to admit that uh, you have a long-time honored connection to the Future Quake Show, going back to our old days at WRFN. Uh, you, in fact, were behind the scenes. And uh, many of the more uncomfortable moments that we had behind the microphone where I was largely distracted, I can attribute to you. When uh, we, we actually had a... Uh, not a hacker, but I would just say, uh, you know, someone who uh, tried to get us off kilter via email. A heckler. A heckler. That was the word yes, I was yes, looking a for. Heckler, yes, a so. email heckler that would send emails when I was interviewing some very, very important person, and you would send some kind of crazy, nutty comment that I'm reading on email while we're talking about something very important. Well, you got to have fun somehow, you know. So and I, I just got thought to, picking on you was good, cheap entertainment. I was just glad somebody was listening out there. I was. I just found it miraculous. Somebody was out there. I think you said many a night you were out there working in your garage and listening to Future Quake on the radio or on the Internet. Actually, on the laptop, yes, and that gave me a great opportunity to just uh, heckle you as I listened. Well, I'm sure this must be a dream come true for you, a night you'll never forget to be on the Future Quake show. Words fail me. Yeah, I don't often have people That's wish first. People wish words would fail us sometimes. Don't they, Tom? Hey, Indeed. Uh, Tom, before we get into our news... Uh, I know you had a bunch of emails you'd like to well, read. Well, it feels like it's been two months since we've been on the air. Well, it we actually, pretty much I'll, has, yeah. I'll confess to you all, we did a number of shows ahead of time. I know. I hope you all enjoyed the great shows we had the yeah. last few weeks. Collins and... Because uh, I had to get William ready here? for this yeah. conference that we that I, we talked about this mm-hmm. week. And so we had done several of them in advance, and mm-hmm. we got a lot of positive feedback. But in the meantime, while we've been off the air, we're even rustier than normal behind okay. the microphone. But um, accumulated a number of emails that I mm-hmm. think are fascinating, and I'd just like to give a hey out to our listeners. Well, throw it out there. Uh, we're getting some good things. Don't just go looking some, at me. That's, make that's... some comments. Maybe you can abuse our listeners. All right. Uh, as well Here as I go. Here All right. Me. The first one I'd like to mention is from, um, let's see, this was Joan. Uh, who sent an email? I uh, said, uh, "Just hi, just found your program and listened to Chris Pinto. Uh, then went to your. I assume this was on WENO yeah. uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and then I went to your website and oh my goodness, such a lineup of archives. Wow! Uh, are you two in Nashville? Yes. Uh, and if so, where do you attend church? I thought uh, that was a great time yeah. in the interest of full disclosure. To there we go. That we do have a connection with." Uh, Pastor Van over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are both attendees of Calvary Chapel of Rivergate. Indeed, well, sir. Uh, on the northern Nashville area, and uh, we've thusly been full disclosed. Now I don't know if we can do commercials or not, but here. no, I'm a, I'm a happy camper None. there. Um, 
And so that anyway, that's that's where we are, and that's where they yeah. accept strange people like you and I. There you go. And uh, 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 Jones says that uh, it uh, it's difficult to find one. I think a show that deals with prophecy, much less edgy stuff. She says she loves Mar- Lynn Marzulli, who's been on our show, mm-hmm. and Dr. Thomas from Omega Conspiracy, who we could have on yeah, our show. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and um, they uh, attend here in a local area here. So, Joan, it's wonderful to have you as part of our uh, show. Please continue email. Thanks for listening. Thank other you guests so much. as well. And we thank you that you're a new listener, particularly mm-hmm. UWENO. I uh, also would like to say hey to Mike and Nancy who emailed us. I always like it when the subject says great show. That's always that's good. Yeah, yeah I like those too. That's always uh, reassuring. I thought all the emails we got said great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they say, uh, I listen to the show over the Internet, and this is this is from Mike, representing Mike and Nancy, uh, over the Internet, and it's great to see that it's now going over the airwaves. A great purpose is being served by this, and hopefully more stations will finally get it. Well, how nice. Mike, thank you for the... If we had some free swag to give him, we should give him some. But some, we have... Some, some what? Free swag. Is that like <laughs> feng shui? Like no, no, that means, that means uh, uh, stuff. Like uh, uh, Pastor Chris, help us out uh, here if uh, you can interpret. A future quake koozie yeah, or get, get a interpretation. future quake. I'm familiar with the term, yeah. Doc, okay. It, it's like free stuff that you give away. Yeah. Okay. You should well, know that. You being a radio star and all. May yeah. we come up with like Cracker Jack kind of stuff. Doctor, Doctor, you need sponsors. Yeah. You need sponsors to donate free yeah. stuff. Yeah. Keychains. Yeah. I'd like to get one of those little things that when you turn it, it has two images and the light. Like we could have like yeah. Tom Bionic and Dr. Future. There you go. There you go. Uh, anyway, Mike and Nancy, thank you so much for being part of the Future Quick family. Sometimes it's like the Manson family, but it is a family nevertheless. And we're just glad to have you here. Uh, I also would like to say uh, hi to... I don't know what to, that means, but okay. <laughs> uh, I believe it's NACE. Uh, it's N-A-C-E. I hope it's NACE. In Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, our our signal reaches way, way, way up into Kentucky. I know by personal experience, down to the Alabama state line. Wow. And it's a real honor, and I want to thank WNO for giving us such an opportunity. Thank you. At yeah. a great station here with such a reach. Well, anyway, uh, NACE from uh, Bowling Green says, uh, Hello, Dr. Future. My name is NACE. Uh, I heard about your show last night for the first time and checked out your your website today. I like it. I would like for you to consider having Samuel J. Hunt on your show, written a book called Est- Est- Episteme Scientica. There you go with the hard names, and we're not even in the news yet. Yep. Uh, the law you always, of all you always that get the tough ones, written. man. It's an Amazon. He's a senior at Western Kentucky University hmm. and gave a lecture at WKU entitled Science Proves Creation. It was excellent. So oh. we'll follow up on that. Yeah, and uh, he gave his website at scienceprovescreation.com. And uh, please keep listening. It was it was great to have you uh, sending feedback. Yeah. Please, more of our listeners, if you would do that, we'd mm-hmm. certainly appreciate that. Now, here's one who's a very interesting one. Goes a little more detail. Um, and, and thanks for bearing with us on the news here. This we just had a few of these uh, stack up here. This is from Steve, uh, who. Um, uh, had had an issue about one of our guests. Oh, that's too uh, bad. This is your Dr. Future. I enjoy listening to your show, but Jerome Corsi was a huge disappointment. Uh, he simply doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to Europe. I will say that as someone who lives in the U.K. and who lectures in politics at a university in the U.K., hmm. which I would say is probably your typical Future Quick listener, would you say? University. International. Yeah, professors. professors. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much. I think it usually takes that just to be able to understand, you know, what we talk about here on Future Quake. Uh, well, Steve, I always use my way, decoder ring. So. It's really cool to have you yeah. uh, listening to us right now. 
Uh, he said there was many factual errors in what he said. I'm at a loss where to begin. We need wow. to have Steve and Dr. Corsi on going out. I think well, I think cool. we'd need a. Sounds like we'd almost need like a video camera for like a cage match. But he or said something. he'd leave out the basic historical errors, dates of treaties, etc., and say Europe is a Europe of nations, not a super state. Uh, it was it was implied. Uh, and uh, he's got quite a detail here, and I, I don't want to cut it short, but I know we've yeah. got it. He says, my first witness to the statement, I call ambitious British-European politicians. Um, and basically he explains how uh, we don't have a clear understanding of the uh, ambition of politicians in Europe and where the real power really lies huh. in states versus in this the, the super states. Um he says, uh, and this is important, he says, Fourthly, it is not the case that Europe has been restricting civil liberties. The various treaties related to you do not specifically relate to civil liberties, but concern themselves with the economics and trade, uh, much like the beginnings of North American Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my comment. Uh, what attacks on civil liberties have come from a few national governments? Uh, in Britain, for example, the history over terrorism has led to a passing of a measure in the House of Commons which permits the police to detain people for up to 42 days without charge. Or at least in our place, you go to Guantanamo for eight years without charge. But, um, And then uh, it says Britain does not possess a Bill of Rights like the USA. So it's been possible, in theory at least, for British governments to pass measures destructive of personal liberties. Evidently, even if you have a Bill of Rights, you can do that too. But uh, Well, we're getting that. Yeah. Um, it says, what protection there has been has come from an international treaty known as the European Convention on Human Rights, uh, following the horrors of World War II. Uh, I could go on, but I won't, except to mention that homeschooling may be banned in Germany, but it's perfectly legal in Britain. Yeah. Well, thanks and for, I appreciate the, him yeah, the, thanks for the alter- alternative uh, viewpoint there. And, Steve, I'm not pulling your leg. I'd love to have you on. Yeah. Come talk sometime with us. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we want to be factual. That's one of our main things. And uh, we love having Dr. Corsi on. But, uh, Steve, we also like you uh, speaking directly yeah. from where you well, are see, there. Well, see, we want to be factual. I thought we were going for the bling. Well, I know. Well, I, I know that's why I'm on here. It's just for the <laughs> bling myself. I'm yeah, sort of walking bling. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll hit a couple <laughs> other real quick ones, yeah. and then we'll get on. And, and by the way, uh, Pastor Chris, you're welcome. Yeah, to feel free to steal one right there. Uh, we got from someone by the name of David Lowe. I think I know that guy. Uh, actually, uh, yeah. He sound, uh, that sounds familiar. Did he yeah. write a book? Yes, uh, and uh, he mentioned about William Grigg, our interview recently. Oh, really? He says, I just listened to an interview of William Grigg. Listening to your dialogue was truly a treat because there was so much wisdom and depth of understanding. Uh, hopefully he meant William Grigg, too, not just me. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and a great ability to vocalize that wisdom and understanding. Uh, and he says, I agree with his views of the war and Christian's response to it as well as his understanding that a Romans 13 cop-out viewed by Christians is inconsistent with the Word of God. Um, I'm glad he brought that up. Yeah, Griggs is obviously supremely intelligent and well-spoken. Uh, amazing stuff, and I look forward to hearing the other 75% of your questions of him. Uh, and that was uh, that was because we only covered about a quarter of the yeah. information. In a, um, you know, uh, I'm really sorry I wasn't there for that one. Yeah. It was good. Well, we'll be back. I know. We'll, we'll, I know. Like Schwarzenegger says, we'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, just, I'll, I thought I'll he said, up. I have a huge budget deficit. Isn't that what he yeah, said? Yeah, that's the update. Yes, right here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a huge budget deficit. <laughs> I have bonds that are defaulting. Uh, actually, this is one where we got caught in a crossfire of an Uh-oh. email between Mr. Lowe and Tom Horn, another of our guests, uh, where uh, he actually emailed uh, Tom about, he says, I'm three-quarters of the way through your recent interview with uh, you and I here on mm-hmm. Future Quake, mm-hmm. and he wants to say it was a fabulous interview. Uh, I'm sure he was referring to you and me. Oh, yes. Uh, well-referenced, extremely oh, yes. interesting. 
uh, and it was always fresh and insightful. Questions were excellent and penetrating as well. Mm-hmm. And then he asked him some questions, which I won't get into, about some of the, the details of the scriptural points he makes out. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out that that's pretty cool that we've got guests even listening to each other and, and Future Quakes becoming a forum where they can... Well, that could be good. Some of these cutting edge theories that they have. That could be good, or that could be one of those things where they're actually, you know, using it as like a sedative, you know. You don't think you'll have a like a Donald Trump, Rosie O'Donnell kind of thing going on on the show? I think the show. I think we got one going on right now. I mean, well, the show. (laughs) The show's a lot like The View, the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. Very similar feel. I'm, I'm sort of like the. uh, Which one of us is Rosie O'Donnell? That's uh, the. That's gone. Okay, there uh, we go. Who's the one that replaced her? I forget her name. Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi, that's who yes, I'm sort yeah. of the Whoopi type. I was going to say, with the dreadlocks and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll just wrap this up. A couple of, and, and I'd like for you to comment on this, Tom. Okay. Uh, we had Joshua uh, from The Anchor uh, sent an email uh, uh, talking about uh, several different things about uh, what they really like and their work in a Christian peace group. Mm-hmm. It says, I'm going to be pushing, uh, he mentioned you, radio oh, yeah. show Future Quake. Dot com as much as I can, and I encourage you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think this is a little indication that we found a little subculture amongst young people right now. It's true. It's yeah. true. Actually, um, Futurians, the Young Futurians group. Now, despite what most people think, uh, uh, products selling themselves and everything, uh, I've been working with these guys a little bit to uh, kind of get the word out and stuff, and they've been very receptive. Uh, and they said, especially, they're mostly young people. Mm-hmm. Um I wish I could say that I was young as well, but I'm 30 now. I guess I'm not oh young. Oh, my goodness. I'm not, no, that's, that's officially middle age. Yeah, I heard a commercial. If you're age 30 or older, please listen to this important announcement. Well, somebody's going to have to follow me around with a bucket. So uh-huh. in case I turn to dust, they Wait, can just sweep me up. And I'm just throw glad me you're here with us on your, your sunset years. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they yeah. become real keen on future quakes. They have. They have. Um, they enjoy listening to it. I know that they're telling a lot of people about it. Yeah. Um, and there might be some interesting things to come uh, with myself and that group uh, in the future. Well, we need to get them on the phone and talk about some of the issues they're doing in town. We oh, yeah. Schedule oh, yeah. Interview time. That might not be a bad idea. Last comment I have is from um, Tom up in Adams, Tennessee, uh-huh. who, who listens. Uh, that's the area of the Bell Witch, if I remember right. Not where Tom lives, but, I mean, in the historical neighborhood. Adams, Tennessee? Yes. Really? Adams, Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Tom uh, is commenting on the show on Dominionism with the Collins. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I actually got that email, too, I think. I, oh, okay. I wanted to respond to that. Uh, he says, I agree that Dominionism is a heresy. Now, where's the dividing line between our civic obligation and practicing Dominionism? Mm-hmm. Some Christians believe voting is ungodly. Should we vote? Should we vote for presidential candidates that are marginal so we can get good Supreme Court justices? Should we protest at abortion clinics? Where do we draw the line? How could I come up with more interrogative sentences? Oh, I'm sorry. Nice. Question mark nice. Here nice. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for saying yeah. that. And those are very, very important questions. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad that, that I'm asked or we're asked those questions mm-hmm. because um, I think he I think he reads me pretty well that while I, I agree that dominionism is, lo- is wrong, mm-hmm. that I do think it's sort of like associating with Barabbas instead of Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I'd also believe we have obligations as citizens. And I know, uh, I think sure. even uh, Pastor Chris and I have had some discussions on this matter. Do you have some thoughts, both of you, have your thoughts on where do we draw the line between our roles as citizens in the country and our role in the kingdom of heaven? Well, I don't know about <clears throat> drawing lines. I just know that Jesus said, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. 
He said, if it were, my servants would fight. And I think uh, I know that that uh, in my own past, I've I've gotten wrapped around the axle a few times, you know, being upset about various uh, things that were going on in politics in the world and economics and treaties that were going on. And uh, it's easy to lose your peace with God if you just look at the uh, situations going on around you sometime. And I'm not trying to use that as any kind of cop-out, but I think we need to remember where our true citizenship is mm-hmm. and uh, and at the same time use uh, whatever responsibilities and opportunities that God has given us to use while we have them, whether mm-hmm. it be uh, you know getting involved uh, with uh, situations like uh, Tom is mm-hmm. here. Um, but uh, I think we always need to remember where our true focus lies and where our true allegiance lies and it is to the Lord himself mm-hmm. Hair Bionic do you have a comment? well um, only to only to sort of echo that uh, you know I guess I can only talk about how I answer that question experientially uh, myself I try real hard to find what the truth of the matter is and once I feel that, that that's the way try to engage other people and, and you know mm-hmm. talk to them about what what the truth is, and at some point, I trust if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm going to get at least overturned. And if I'm right, you know, then I'm right. Well, I don't I think, know. That's not a very good answer. No, Sorry. I understand. I, well, we we talk about this often all during times. I think yeah. one of the points I tried to make when we've had these talks the last few weeks, in my per- perception right now, is that uh, um, when we go beyond, well, first of all, I think that something that does inhibit our witness in these days. In, in the interest of people in Christ is that when we see injustice, when we see suffering and look the other way or sit oh, on yeah. our hands or have a monastery aspect, I think for the particular young people and culture today, it hurts our witness. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, it's always been that way, but I think it's more that way now. And that's why you see young people in things like Habitat for Humanity and mm-hmm. things like that. I find is because sorry. of it. But anyway, just to say, I think what to me what happens when you get into this whole dominionism kind of thing is that when you, you get you get a little power and you start getting with people that start having an impact mm-hmm. and then it goes into invested power and you start compromising what you believe as mm-hmm. a as a Christian for the sake of retaining that power, I think that's when things go really sour. When when you're trying to preserve your capital and mm-hmm. man, I'm seeing that in a religious thing all the time now. Is is is, is oh, yeah. really forget oh, yeah. that you're always your first goal is you you're start, an ambassador for Christ. You start becoming self centered when you get away from the gospel. And it's funny mm-hmm. you bring this up because this is one of those things I've wanted to mention and then when you gave me the floor ten seconds ago, I completely forgot it. <laughs> um like speaking again experientially, like in my own in my own life it seems like I try and always try and always be other centered because Jesus was always doing that. He was always you know, always he didn't care about what people thought necessarily, but he was really interested in in what was wrong with their lives and getting to know them and uh, like that. Whereas it seemed like the Pharisees were always concerned with with holding uh, holding their political power and mm-hmm. uh, holding themselves up high in esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, I try and you know try my best, which is really probably not that good uh, to to live that out. I guess yeah. I don't know. Well, I would just want to say, uh, listener Tom, thank you for that question. Yeah, I, I hope it was good. Maybe that elaborate a little further, and mm-hmm. and hopefully you understand where I where I stand. Where all three of us stand on that. Yeah, I think and I probably we'll, just muddied the water, maybe but we I need to discuss it. Further. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, is what normally happens. We're running out of time. We got about two and a half minutes. Do you want to do a quick story? I'll blast one through here. 
Okay. Brilliant. We've we've got some doozies later. Yeah. Uh, Gosh. Pastor Chris, you're gonna have to come back. This. Yeah. Sorry about going. I wanted to cover some of these comments from people. I think it's a real encouragement to everybody. Yeah. Can, can, can I? I just want to clarify as as uh, we were doing introductions a while ago that uh, I am not the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel. Sure. I just want to make that clear that uh, Jerry McAnulty is the senior pastor at Calvary Chapel, and I am actually an associate pastor. Just so there wouldn't be any misunderstanding there. Sure. Okay. So noted. The record is clear. Thank you. Okay. Well, it's news time here, folks. Uh, sorry yeah, again. For our last two minutes. Yeah, here we go. Well, here's one that's mighty provocative. Um, the SEC issues order to protect those most responsible for naked shorting. And this actually comes from a frequent guest of Future Quake, uh, Mish, who yeah. has the has the blog uh, Global Economic Analysis. Yeah, give us the 92nd. Right yeah. All right. The naked short-selling saga continues. If the SEC was attempting to initiate a short squeeze in financials during Options Expirations Week, it managed to do just that. As, as long as the investment banks and brokers were making money engaging in naked short selling of stocks, there was no problem. However, when the bears began to use the tactic against the broker dealers and investment make banks, it became time to selectively enforce the existing regulation. Uh, today, the SEC has gone one step further and basically it outlawed uh, naked short selling by all but 19 of the largest banks. Okay. 19 of the largest banks can short sell. Nobody else can. So but they're, what they're doing unprecedented is they're electing favorites. These banks are basically going to go above and beyond to keep people from doing something, to have free commerce. Yes. And, and letting them go under and mm-hmm. so be it, the market dictates. Everybody outside that circle, big banks like Wachovia, uh, what, Washington Mutual and others that aren't on that list, they're, uh, they're tough luck, right? Yeah. Well, you know, as Mish points out, looking one step ahead, think what happens to the bid after after everyone else is squeezed out and the market makers hold all the financial shorts. Okay. That's that's huge potentially because you have 19 of the 19 of the uh people set to 19 of the biggest banks only set to make money if there's a stock market crash. Interesting. Well, we've got to talk with Mish about that because yeah. we got to hurry up and go. All right. We need to get Merv in to uh Tell people how they can give us more feedback like we talked about earlier. Back to Future Quake. So, Merv, tell them how they can get a hold of us. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go real quick. Right. I'm so sorry. Pastor Chris, would you come back? We'll go through some more stories. Be happy to. Next time, uh, rather than just sending us a... Uh, Emails off to the side. We'd like to have you in front of the microphone yeah, as well. There you too. go. And we'll we'll have you back. We've got a whole bunch of interesting stories to go. Mm-hmm. We, but we wanted to be sure and tip our hat to our listeners because we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. And uh, send your comments to WNO too. Uh, those of you there in the local area, I'm sure they'd like to hear from you. So until then, we got to say goodbye. Bye. And uh, we hope until then your future is very bright. See you next week back on Future Quake. Mahalo. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.